So here I am, ready and waiting to meet some interesting people. Who have you got organised today? Oh, knocking at the door. <laughs> We've got um, Vivian Johns, um, who's a social media educator um, and sal- salon owner of Hunter and Walsh in Penzance. Um, and Dan Muse, who is uh, the owner of Mewies Mui- & Co. He is also the first person to... Or first, um, salon to open an online shop for the brand authentic beauty concept oh exciting so yeah it would be great to talk to them and find out you know in this shut down again for a month so it'll be great to find out what they're up to on social media and how we can use technology to move our brands forward even though the salons aren't open yeah absolutely i think it's um that's what we're all learning isn't it to try and take something out of this enforced salon closing time so yeah definitely brilliant bring them in Welcome to the Respectfully Podcast. I'm Lauren Stone. And I'm Nikki Pope. Um, and today, joining us for a podcast, we've got Dan Muies and Vivian Johns. And we'll be talking about all things social media, technology, and how to really use this kind of time that we've got to really kind of hone your skills, get up to date with your social media, um, and, and pick stay up really connected. Good tips. Isn't it? Stay connected. Yeah, stay connected. So, thing. welcome, guys. Thanks for joining us. Hello. How are you Hi, guys? thanks for having us. Good. good, good. So on our screen in front of us, Lauren and I can see where you both are. So Dan, you're sitting in your salon. Um, is it empty salon? Yeah, what yeah, does it my feel empty like? Cold salon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah, we've just um um obviously because uh we we do a we've got our online shop. Um yeah. I, I'm in here quite a lot at the moment. Um so yeah, I, I'm often in here at the minute sorting out uh, future appointments. And uh, just keep an eye on the place, really. I'm used to being here every day, so it's uh, it's a little bit unusual being at home. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's, um, it's, it feels very nice strange to be there. being here now. And where is your salon? Where are you based? Uh, we're based in uh, Leicestershire. So we're in the uh, Charmwood area in between Leicester and Loughborough. Um, I've been in this location for a year now. Uh, so, yeah, it was a bit of a, bit of a shock six months in to have to close for oh, gosh, first yeah. lockdown. Um, but originally we had a, a small salon of only six, seven chairs, and then we moved uh, a mile down the road into an old coach house, old pub, which now we've got yoga room, uh, tw- uh, 20 sections we've got now, a wow. shopping area. So yeah, we, we took a bit of a gamble um, and it came at a bit of a, bit of a crazy time mm-hmm. really. It, so. It'll pay off at some point. Gosh. Yeah, and Vivian, what's your scenario where are you where are we talking to you and what's your base so i am in penzance in cornwall and i am actually sitting in my dining room right now (laughs) but this has become my home office and this is where i do all of my facebook lives and everything that i do for my social media coaching so anybody who knows me will know exactly where i'm sitting (laughs) right now can all picture it (laughs) yeah you do have a salon as well or do you always work for Yes, you? I do. Yes, yes, so I do. So I have a salon called Hunter and Walsh. And like I said, we're in Penzance. We are in a really small seaside town. And we have, we're not quite as big as Dan's. I do, I'm, you're very brave, Dan. Yeah, I, I was at the time, not so much now. But. <laughs> so we have, uh, we have a 10-chair salon. Right. Wow. So yeah. lockdown mark two is hopefully going to be different from it was lockdown mark one but just how how did you get through the first one so Vivian you you do a lot online in a in on social media and digital in particular I do 
Yes. So I, um, in lockdown last time, I had already been teaching social media as part of a business coaching group. And last lockdown, I thought, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to just deliver this content that I've been working on for a year, um, just online, digitally. And it just took off so well. So I've been doing that ever since. And that's what I'm still doing now. And I actually got to the point now where I am actually going to be turning this into my day job oh, really? wow. and doing less at the salon. Yeah. yeah. So this is like breaking news. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm actually I'm actually leaving the salon oh. in January. Gosh. So yeah. So this is going to so be this my day. It's kind of been a, a good thing for you, I guess the lock well, not a good thing, but you know what I mean, from lockdown one, something amazing has come out of it. Yeah, absolutely. So it's not something I would have done, I don't think had lockdown not happened yeah. i think i would have carried on doing it the way i was doing it as part of a coaching group mm-hmm. um it's it's been amazing it's been brilliant and i get loads of people get in touch with me now asking me how to set up online courses mm-hmm. so i think there's probably a whole new level to this as well that's going to come out of this lockdown yeah. as well oh, interesting do you um, think people will use this lockdown in a different way to how they did before because i know it's We've done it before, haven't we? So we kind of a bit more geared up to it, do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think that people are less afraid of, let's say, doing an Instagram live or and they also realise that they need to keep the home fires burning, mm-hmm. don't they? And really the only way they can do that right now when we're not in touch with our clients is through social media. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Dan, so you touched on the fact that you had um, the plan had been to move into this large salon and to get that going. So you had a few months with doing that, but then you have quite a um, a big focus on online. You commented you have an online shop. Yeah, so tell yeah, us how you... I, yeah, we... Um, so how it fell was actually January, February. Conversation started probably early January with um, with a brand that I, that I work very closely with and they um, wanted to launch their first online shop. Um, we was the the first ones to to deliver that and that came at such a good time for us during the first lockdown because mm. um, it helped with revenue it helped with a bit of turnover it was all new but during that time it actually gave me a chance to spend a little bit of time social media talking about the e-shop giving people the opportunity to still buy products while they couldn't go in a shop yeah. and um, touching on what Viv said as well I think what it has done is probably forced you into these decisions that these decisions with Viv making changes to to leaving the salon that she probably wouldn't have made that before and there's things that we've done that's actually forced us to um, make choices and um, maybe take a few more gambles than what we was originally taking mm-hmm. and um, yeah I think if we can turn it on its head it's quite quite exciting times really yeah. um, with our social media during that lockdown but I'm I'm very much to try to be as authentic as we can with the salon so I actually got my, my children involved so my kids were doing a lot of hair videos and how to oh, and they went down really really well and um yeah they loved it and it became across quite natural and yeah. um, it was nice to get 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 them involved really Dude. because i was obviously trying to find as much stuff for them to do as possible <laughs> yeah <laughs> killing two birds with one stone absolutely absolutely <laughs> my daughter likes being in front of the camera so that that Aww. helped a lot and what your daughter is fantastic dan I've watched those oh, yeah. videos and they are oh, really? brilliant. She's, she, yeah, do more of that. I love that. People love to see that 
authentic self and people love to see that you're a family man and you start to build up a you know like a familiarity with you before you even visit your salon Mm -hmm. I think this is one of the things that I talk loads to the people in my group all about it's like be yourself it's lovely that's what people want to see yeah absolutely and I I think um what I started realizing um people weren't getting involved with my original content when it was just about talking about products or just talking about the salon they want Mm -hmm. to see something that is authentic and they want to see something that they have at home as well um with their children things like this that they can relate to so no absolutely it was a really good angle to come at and it was fun as well we really enjoyed Mm. it yeah. Have you carried it on as well still throughout, you know? We've tried to, yeah, we've tried and, to. Yeah. Um if I'm hundred percent honest since opening the salon again, I really haven't probably had the opportunity. No, it's hard, um, isn't it? It's a full time job to be yeah. running your social channels yeah. and And uh, so what, what I did, um I made a decision when we opened the salon was um that I haven't always got the time for social media as a salon owner. Viv w- would probably understand this and, and I'm sure she's had this conversation before. But as a salon owner I don't have the time because I'm running a column as well as running a business. So um, I actually got someone to come in and work three days a week to take over my social media and Mm -hmm. to help me run the website, but also give me a fresh outlook. Um, I'm a hairdresser, you know, and I've been a hairdresser for 20 years. So, and um, I think with social media, I needed someone that could come in that had a different outlook and had a fresher view on that as well. And that Mm -hmm. has really helped me moving forward. So do you, so Viv, do you find that then, um, is that the biggest challenge that people come to you with? Is like how to be authentic, how, how to be themselves. Do people find that hard? Yeah, that is one of the biggest things. I, I always, one of my big things is I love to get people to try and talk to the camera and show their face and do the type of things that Dan does, you know, like get your family involved and create, you know, some authentic self around your content. Because exactly like Dan just said, everybody's sick of seeing pictures of hair. It doesn't really resonate with your client base. Yes, they want to see nice pictures of hair, but they want to see what else you're doing, what makes you different to the salon down the road. And that's the most important thing to get across. And I love to get people to talk to the camera. Yeah. (laughs) Because I really believe that talking to the camera really humanizes your brand and helps people to feel relaxed and comfortable coming into your salon. But also, if you're talking about products like Dan does, if you're talking about products, you're telling your brand also, I know what I'm talking Mm. about, and they're more likely to get in touch with you to become an educator or a brand ambassador. You know, when you can speak confidently to the camera, that really does change everything. And I have loads of top tips on how to do that. (laughs) Brilliant. I I think the one one thing with that as well, what Viv said, uh, is that... I do find that people know my salon and they know me through my social media. So yeah, they know what to expect. Yeah, it creates a real they... personality. Absolutely. And they feel part of that family as soon as they walk through the door. And I think that's mm. so essential than having something that isn't real or doesn't relate to you as a business or doesn't relate to your ethos. Yeah, I completely agree. And how does, so how does it work when with a shop then, um, Dan? So do you actually, are you a shop... Do you have like a store cupboard that you send things out from the salon or are you a link with your manufacturer, supplier? Um, so so how, how it works is we, we have a, an add-on to our website. So the e-shop is, a, is an add-on. So it's something that um, the brand Authentic Beauty created. 
and um, I'm sort of uh, like, like um, best way to put it, like the middleman in the such where they make any orders, it comes straight through to me and then um, I send it out for delivery as soon as it comes. So, um, so yeah, we, we try and both push that together, um, but it's not something that, it's, it's a difficult thing really because I want it to be quite authentic and I don't want to just class myself as a shop. I want mm. it something that have the option because we don't, we have never been a salon that um, forces retail. Um, you know, we don't do sort of uh, targets for the girls or anything. I want it to be a thing where people like the brand, they can go away and they know they've got an option then to come to me and they mm. can purchase it. I think though as well, like building up your social media presence and getting your personality across must help to kind of promote the products anyway, because I guess people trust, begin to you know, build yeah. up trust with you. Absolutely. And if you recommend things, they're going to kind of soak yeah. it up, I guess. Yeah, and I think that goes back to it being like a lifestyle product. Mm. Um, but obviously it's a free-from attitude as well. Um, so um, no parabens, no sulfates. And as a brand, they're trying to be as sustainable as we can, and we are as a salon. So mm. uh, one of the things we've just launched is the refill station. So um, as, as a product, you return your bottles, and uh, we actually have a station where you refill the products um, rather than using as much plastic. So I think this whole, the whole attitude of the brands sort of sells itself a little bit because mm -hmm. people feel they're making changes in their lives without having to do too much. Yeah. yeah. So Vivian, is that, that must be quite an important thing. Where people are working, they've got themselves as a brand. So in the last mm -hmm. 10, 15 years, we've started talking about ourselves as brands because we never used to do that. Um, but yeah. then when you're working with another brand, perhaps in the way Dan is as, as a sort of, um, you know, selling them or becoming a sort of shop window for that brand, that must be quite important then to marry up the two identities. Is because. It's not going to work if, you, if you're not working with a brand that you truly believe in then, is it? Oh, I completely agree. So I think that every salon owner and stylist should definitely find the product company that they want to work with because you can't really sell something with um, that you don't believe yeah. in, can yeah. you? And it comes across fake if, if, you, don't, if you don't believe yeah. in it. But big focus for me and my group at the moment, especially through this lockdown, is Instagram shopping. Um, so that obviously everybody's got the feature of Instagram shopping mm -hmm. on their phones and I am helping everybody get their Instagram shops set up and I'm really encouraging everybody from the stylist to the salon owner to start using this feature. Okay. So how does this work? Tell me a bit more about how it works. Oh my God, <laughs> do you know what? This is the thing. I'm so excited about it because not many people are doing no. it and if you're creating content, you have the opportunity to tag your stories and your posts every single time right. with products. So you link it back to your e-commerce website, but you don't even have to have a website, you can have a Shopify account. So, you know, so if you don't have a big fancy or singing or dancing mm -hmm. website, it's not a big deal. Um, and literally, I just, my, I just say upload just two or three products, mm -hmm. don't have to fill your whole catalog full of everything that you've got on your shelf, and then make that your focus for the week or the month and do you know what even if you don't want to create your own content and you haven't got time go to your brand's page and share their content mm -hmm. there's an absolute wealth of content already out there tutorials posts beautifully shot pictures you know this is a brilliant way for the small salon or the or the or an independent freelance stylist to start selling what you're using 
through Instagram. Instagram. So somebody browsing would be able to see from a grid post then, or are they just on stories? So you could absolutely both. Oh, okay, both. So you'll have a little, you'll have a little uh, shopping bag icon, oh. which you can tap to see the products, right. oh. and then it takes you straight to your website or your Shopify account, yeah. where your audience can purchase straight from right. you. Even better still, if you can do a deal with your brand and they'll do drop shipping for yeah. you, you know, where you don't even have to hold the stock. Yeah. Times are changing and I know a lot of brands were against selling online at one point and you had to kind of make sure they had to check your website out and make sure everything was above board. But I think brands are going to have to catch up with this a bit now and it sounds like um, the brand that Dan works with absolutely is yeah and do you know do you know what as well with with sorry with the um with the products i get orders coming through at the craziest times evening morning yeah and as a salon when you can only be open say from nine Mm. till six nine till eight you're missing out on on customers and you're missing out on purchases so having that available you don't like viv said you don't have to just have an e-shop you can have a platform within social Mm -hmm. media the office that that people can go and purchase it at one o'clock in the morning. We have oh, the craziest yeah. times, people. I buy do all my product. supermarket. Sh- my supermarket shopping is always done at about midnight. You know, it's just yeah. as I'm walking past the laptop <laughs> on the way to bed or something. So no, yeah. I'm I'm totally with you on that. So you so you as a, as a brand, you are missing out on on those customers and mm-hmm. and uh, and I think that's um that's it's a nice sort of extra as a, as a salon to have those purchases coming in. Yeah. Have you seen a Absolutely. fall in people buying online products since we were opened up again, or has it all kind of remained pretty steady? I, I, for me, it's been it's been pretty steady. It's probably just started mm. to to go up again uh, yeah. in, in a slight rise. I think people are just going through a little bit of panic mm-hmm. and uh, sort of worried that we're not going to open again for for so many months. But yeah, yeah. Um, at the moment, we've been pretty steady. Um, it really went quite quickly, quite. Um, a lot of purchases within that first month of the first lockdown yeah um, but now it's um it's just plateaued mm-hmm. yeah so vivian you commented that a lot of people use time in the first lockdown to sort of work on their social media their digital their online presence mm-hmm. alongside that how would you say and you can be honest here would you say we've yeah. all got better at it or is is there still quite a low bar are we or do you think over the summer we've all got a bit better at how we project ourselves oh my goodness nikki people have got so much better and it's absolutely brilliant to see for our industry because it, it really supports everybody on every level and lifts the industry on every level people are growing in their confidence people are going and taking what their niche skill is and taking it online to teach it people are creating beautiful content for the brands and getting really nice deals with their brands you know getting better social media definitely elevates you as an individual and your salon and the industry yeah, keeps well and the sense of community it keeps us all sane as well i think if we weren't able to do <laughs> yeah. this so and, God, and absolutely is it still the case that we have tribes for different kinds of media so i mean i do go on tiktok because i absolutely think it's hilarious but my teenage sons are mortified so i can't I can't let them know that I do it. Start dancing. Or or that I even did actually set up my own account at one point. Anyway, moving swiftly on. And then it got to the point where we thought Facebook was good for sort of businesses and the older client, but everybody else was on Instagram. You know, is is it still possible to divide us up into tribes for different social media? Or do you think there's more? Yeah, absolutely. That is still the case. I mean, there is a lot more crossover now. 
Um, and actually, I think that was the last lockdown as well, kind of opened all the platforms up to everybody. Um, when you know who your target audience is, who your perfect guest in the salon is, that's when you can kind of really figure out where they are. Um, I would say there's a lot more of the older generation in Instagram now than there was this time last mm. year. So, you know, Instagram's one of those platforms where you're not bombarded with people's opinions. It's a lot more visual. It really works beautifully for hairdressers. But I think it kind of appeals to the older generation also because you don't get so much of that opinion sharing. Yeah, yeah. And Dan, what do you... So do you see a platform um, working better for you than others? Or are you, you... So your shop, is it just on instagram or, or on You're other on platforms or, well. yeah yeah we're on um we're on uh, facebook and we're on instagram as well one just to create a wider variety for people to um to find us i would say we're around about 80 percent instagram with a small amount on facebook um we try and share the same on both platforms but I think uh, going back to what you guys were saying, I do think what we would post on Instagram would be different to what we would post on Facebook, um, probably because um, our target market generally would be Instagram. Mm. Um, but uh, Facebook, for me, I don't use Facebook personally, so I'm not actually, I haven't got it, so I, I'm not very good on it. But um, Millie, who does my social media, she, she, she knows a way around it, so she'll use it more. But I definitely find um, we generate more business, um, more um, more uh, clients sort of interaction from Instagram, definitely. Yeah. What about what I about agree. Twitter and LinkedIn as well? Are they? Yeah, well, <coughs> I've got a LinkedIn account, but I don't ever use it. Um, yeah. One because I don't know my way around it. If I probably knew what I was doing with it a little bit more, I'd get more out of it. But um, I just think for me personally. Instagram is just such an amazing platform because there isn't this, um, I just think with, I don't know, just just with yeah. Facebook and LinkedIn, I just don't really uh, like a lot of the stuff that comes with it. Facebook has got something that's really special for a salon. Um, Facebook groups are amazing. And if you set up, which is what we've done in Hunter and Walsh, set up a private Facebook VIP group for your VIP yeah. guests so basically it, it might have some rules around it where they have to have visited the salon within the last eight weeks that kind of thing so you set up questions for them to enter it and inside that vip facebook group you can offer them really special discounts you can offer them um content day modeling opportunities you can offer them first dibs on new products coming in or first look at your christmas gift packs and what happens then is you have like, let's say 120 people who are hardcore fans of your salon and they all feel really special and privileged mm. inside this Facebook yeah, nice group. Idea. So don't, yeah. yeah, so don't discount Facebook. Just try and use all of the features that are in Facebook to actually enhance your customer's experience. Yeah. And one of them is feeling like they're in the club. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Is, it, is it best to use um you know, if you're if you've got all of the social media platforms, are you best to focus on one and do it really, really well, or are you best to spread yourself and kind of pick and choose? Absolutely, focus on one, one and do it really, right. really well. 
for sure. And then like, you know, dip into the others. Mm. So I would do exactly the same that Dan does and focus really heavily towards Instagram just because it's the type of content I create like to create yeah. and we see the most of our new guests coming into the salon through Instagram. But Facebook, like I said, we use it then as this other part to our business to create this exclusive group. Yeah, yeah. No, I can definitely see the, the point in that. It's interesting. But it's God, you've just got to keep up, haven't you? Every time I put Facebook on, it looks different. And they, they <laughs> overhaul it or suddenly the thing I knew how to do, I, it's all been redesigned. I suppose there's no shortcuts, are there? You've just got to learn them. You've just got to stay with it. This is the thing. You're absolutely right. If you step away from any of the platforms for, it looks like a month, it, you'll go back and it'll all have changed. So you do have to kind of stay current and stay with yeah. it. Because on Instagram as well, they've got the, the reels. Do you use that? Yes. Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> How can you use that? Whenever the there's a new... Fe- what is the best way as a salon achieving um, sort of... Uh, to build clients through reels because obviously they are for me it comes across as a little bit of a, a, a an added extra from tiktok so how yeah. could it as a, as a yeah. salon um, could you benefit from using them so obviously knowing your own brand is like first and foremost on creating any kind of content um don't just go and follow what other people are doing you don't have to be pointing out labels or doing a dance or anything like that whatever suits your brand stick with that so you can create the same type of content that you would make for a static post and make that for reels um at the moment because reels are so new you'll get some really good reach from it if you just at least do Mm -hmm. it still use your hashtags and everything on reels i think people are still kind of trying to discover them Mm. and figure it out Mm. and obviously instagram's putting a little bit of push behind reels right now so if you make a reel you're quite likely to end up on the explore page yeah brilliant so then you get discovered yes really makes a big difference um what so vivian on engagement we talk about engagement a lot and certainly um is becoming much more interesting to understand how people are engaging with social media. So rather than just saying, we've got this many followers, it's more about measuring. What's more important, reach or engagement? Now, engagement, I mean as like likes or comments or, um, you know, shares, I suppose. That's that's what we mean by engagement, isn't it? Yeah. And then reach. So engagement is always important, is the most important. So reach is just really how many people have seen it. And that really doesn't tell you anything. The only thing that will tell you whether your content is resonating with your audience is engagement. And that's through likes, shares, comments, saves. That's the only thing really to look at is engagement. And is there um, an equation? You know, should we be aiming for 3% of your following to be engaged? You know, is that worth shouting about? I know it sounds like a small number, but I, I think the numbers are, you shouldn't have to be too ambitious or too worried if you're not well do you know what's really interesting is instagram itself says that above average engagement is six percent that's that's really interesting because you know you hear all of the time that not all of your followers see everything well if if instagram's telling us that only six percent at the very best is going to engage with your content then it is proving that your your audience isn't seeing everything yeah yeah so, absolutely because yeah if you think about it so it's quite interesting to do the math quickly you know so that for a thousand people mm. that's only 60 of them 
mm. um, need to yes. like something for you to be exceeding the average. But exactly. and I think it's worth tracking. You know, we we in our business we track. So I think it's quite helpful to keep a little diary. You know, every couple of weeks to count the stats and measure the average engagement, and then just make sure that you are really growing. Um, oh, Nikki, you are talking my language. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> I have every month I encourage all my members to do a social media audit and it's just like anything isn't it like if you didn't uh, appraise your team or check your haircut or whatever it is that you do if you don't check that it's right and good you're just off on this like down this wandering road yeah Yeah. how do you know that it's working so yeah yeah. and I like going back to what you were saying um with Dan about the Facebook group um, that's what you called it, isn't it? A Facebook group. Where you get, yes. I yeah. think that's a great way of being able to get feedback and survey people. Absolutely. Because, you know, there was a time when a salon would have a little client survey. I don't know, do you still do mm-hmm. them? Is it still a popular thing to do? But I think getting feedback from your clients about what they actually see and what they like, and again, asking people's opinion, um, people like that. So if you're part of yeah. a group. We've, I suppose we've got all got our salon reviews now, haven't yeah. we? So that's a really good marker of where you're at. I think with the, um, as you were saying about the, um, when it goes back to followers, it was something when I set up social media with Instagram, it was always my target to get as many followers as possible. And that was always my aim. And what I started to notice, started looking around is the actual, I've, you know, I've not got thousands and thousands of followers, but the amount of followers I've got will all engage in what I do. Mm. So that's more important Mm -hmm. to me than having like 30,000 followers and only 1% of them being interested in what I, what I do. So actually, I'd rather exactly. have a small amount and that be more valuable to me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree. The best sa- the salons with the smallest follower numbers in my group are the ones who have the best content, the best engagement. They create content around their products. They'll always sell something every time they post. It's because... There's no point in having 50,000 followers if none of them are interested in what you do. Yeah. It's better having 500 really interested people yeah. who actually live in your area yeah. as well. So there's no point in them living in Russia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They might as well, they need to live in your area to engage with what you do and actually visit your yeah. salon. Followers doesn't mean anything. And I think once you understand how that works, you actually become a better consumer yourself. So not just for your own business and your clients, but actually when I'm consuming other people's social media or looking around for something, I look at how many comments you know somebody's made on a post rather than how many followers they've got, or I look at the customer yeah. reviews rather than thinking, oh, this is a popular brand. You know, I actually mm-hmm. now I'm, I've got into my head that actually I'll scroll down and look at the reviews and see what somebody said, and I'll look for the most recent reviews as well. So whether it's a restaurant or something I'm ordering online or, or whatever, so I think it, we've got to retrain ourselves. Yeah. We we get a we yeah. get a huge return on our stories. Um, our, our feed was the most important thing to us originally, and now we actually spend a lot more time on our stories asking questions because it's easier for someone just to tap a button mm-hmm. than it is to write a comment yeah. on your feed. Yeah. So within our stories, we'll constantly ask questions: What do you want to see more? What do you want to see that? You know, and actually, you get a lot more involvement from people that way. And um, even though you don't yeah. see that, it doesn't look it on your feed. But actually, we get a lot more involvement from clients just being easy, just to answer a question, and we we can find out more. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. You can tell that Instagram is putting a lot more weight behind stories now because I don't know if, it, if you've noticed this on any of yours yet, but they're going to have two rows of stories at the top of your oh, right. um, page. So basically they're giving a lot more kind of real estate over to stories. Mm -hmm. And it's just because of uh, behavior has changed. People don't tend to go and visit your profile much mm -hmm. anymore. Um, it's all uh, most of the engagements done through stories like if you just think about how you use yeah. it you'll kind of like scroll a little bit down and then go straight up yeah. to the stories and start tapping Once through you get so, used to it you, you go know, onto stories definitely yeah we're all we all behave the same way really using social media none of us are that different to each other yeah. and we probably all spend most of our time tapping through stories yeah. So I'm, I'm conscious of time, but I just wanted to quickly, can I get this question in? How much, so so Dan, with your head on, you commented at the very top of the conversation that you have now got somebody doing your social media, I think you said three days yeah. a week. So you've, yeah. what made you decide, or was there a, an equation that you could do to think, okay, I need to now invest in, in spending on somebody doing my social media because of the return, and then I'll, come to you Vivian to ask about when should somebody know or how much should they spend on education or joining courses and, and doing that so so Dan is there was was there yeah. a, what was the thought process behind you getting somebody in to do it because social media um is it's one of those things that it is free but it is just your time and your time is expensive so I actually found when it, when I broke it down to how much time I was using on social media in the evenings and not really getting the content I want for me it was better for me to invest in from my business and have someone do it properly and have a role within the within our business and, and, and actually get real content. Vivian? I completely agree with you Dan and I used to do the same when I started out doing the social media for the salon and I actually real, realised a little bit different to you but exactly the same thing that me doing the social media was actually bringing in more money into the salon because it was attracting new guests yeah. to the salon. So I actually then started to take myself out from behind the chair to create content because it's something I really enjoy. And then I would just, I ended up doing one day every week, creating and scheduling all of the social media for the salon. And it became actually more lucrative for me to do that than to cut yeah. hair, which says a lot about my hair. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I think, think it I'm says quite a lot a good more about your social media skills. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and and now and now I teach other people how to schedule, how to create content, and how to schedule, and how for it not to take over their life. Because I really, really don't want people doing this in the evening. No. You've got a life. Social media is part of your job. Yeah. It is not part of your life. It's your job, and I really believe if you can do it within your working time, or like Dan does, get somebody in to do it for you that's the best thing to do it, it should not be done in the evening yeah, because as a hairdresser i look and think right i can do a cut and finish for this amount of money or i sit in the office and, and post a few instagram posts but i wasn't actually getting the right mm -hmm. content so it wasn't becoming yeah. valuable yeah so i help salon owners and hairstylists to get a kind of set of standards together for their salon as well so like a brand identity document and the kind of behaviors around social media so that they can then teach either teach somebody else in the salon to do it for them or at least they've got a set of standards that everybody's yeah, working yeah. to and I've got some really great ways of creating content in the salon for busy people yeah so you can learn a lot of it you don't have to just naturally be that person that can do it you can train yourself and share it with your team I 
I had to learn it. I didn't, I haven't, I'm not a natural social media user. I only started using Instagram in 2018. Like I had to learn it and I was a busy full-time salon owner as well. So if I can do it and I'm not naturally techie at all, if I can do it, you can do it. Brilliant. <laughs> right. That's a brilliant okay, finisher. Yes. Come on. <laughs> Come on, everybody. You can do this. <laughs> brilliant. Oh, well, we will yeah, put lots of you. notes in um, to our listeners where they can contact you, stroke, see what you're doing, have a look for themselves as well. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you very much, thank guys. You. That was brilliant. Really oh, insightful. Thank you. Thank you for being so <laughs> candid. That's it. really cool. Thank you, guys. All right. Thank, thank you. you so much. So thank you to our guests, Dan Mewies and Vivian Johns. That was really interesting and that's given me a lot of food for thought. If you would like to know more, wherever you are listening to this podcast, scroll down and look at the show notes. We'll give you contacts and places where you can get more information. Please do rate and review us as it helps to drive us up the charts and make us easier to find. And we will speak to you again soon. Bye. Take care. Bye.